not your friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Take the running backs to the stand, run up in the stands and slap their mama. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it, it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's got 40, something. 50, He's got 40, it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle! The doctor is now in. Ironic that we're playing that open today, huh? The Music City Miracle, Titans going crazy. Final play of the game. I think we should uh, get a new football open with, what are we calling that? The Chuck Esposito called it what, the Sin City Miracle? I'd call it the... The Patriots' major malfunction. That's what I call it. Yes. Jeez. Uh, what else? Sin City bizarreness. I don't know. I Crazy. Been, yeah. Yeah. What, what is the official name? Is there? There is name? no official name yet. I don't think. Really? I don't know. It's, it's gonna. Somebody's gonna. You know. Label it Sin City something or other. There it is. All right. Uh, glad to have everyone with us on a terrible Tuesday edition of the TC Martin Show. Yes, we've got plenty of terrible Tuesday takes. We will bring that to you. A little bit later on in the show, but uh, guess wise today, uh, speaking of the Sin City miracle or Sin City debacle, depending on, you know, which side you're looking at from the Raiders of the Patriots side, the man who was actually on the call, the radio play by play call, former Raider himself, Lincoln Kennedy will join us today. Always love talking to Big Link. Got a chance to see Link on Sunday and then, uh, we played back. The call yesterday, and we're going to play that again today as well, too. And when you have one of those moments when you are calling something live on the radio, you just never know how you're going to respond to that. Because, and I know obviously I've gone through that a couple of different, uh, you know, times, and people always say to me, like, oh, you did the hand be heave, you know, when, when the Aces, you know, beat the Chicago Sky there for that playoff win. Did you did you have something planned for that? No, you just you don't know what's going to happen. You just ha- you have to react. I think that's what makes a good play by play broadcaster, any broadcaster for that matter, is you know you don't have these go to you know sayings that are in your back pocket. You just react. Boom shakalaka, boom isn't a no. Well, you know what that that, that no, just I came. Know. I don't I know. know. I don't know where that that came out of. But then uh, because. I guess everybody kind of brought it to my attention and, you know, talked about it all the time. So then when there is kind of a, a big play that happens, then that kind of kicks in. Yeah. You know, right there. Did you have, so when the like games were closer to when they were about to win it, Mm -hmm. did you have something kind of brewing in, in there at all? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Just wanted to, uh, describe it, uh, best way as possible. But if you're asking if I, okay, 
is there a cliche saying or something that I hope gets, you know, a signature status? You well, know, I was just, like when they finally yeah. win it, when the but no, okay, no, no, not at all, not at all. And it's it's funny you bring that up because I think a lot of people think that, yeah, and they think, okay, well, eventually okay, they're going to win it, and if they do win it's it, gonna, have something in your back pocket or have you, something you know set aside that that you could say that. And to be honest with you, and I know we played it back. After the Aces won the championship this year, I can't remember what I said at the on, on the at, at, when the final horn sounded. So, but uh, no, and Lincoln Kennedy's got one of those things now where I believe he said, "I can't believe what I what I saw" or something like that, right? And uh, so, yeah, we will we will hit that for him again today, and uh, we will talk to him. But uh, always fun. Having Big Link uh, on the show. And what I like about Big Link, he's a former Raider. He's been on the broadcast side for the Raiders for so many years. But again, he's, he's really, he's not biased at all. He tells it like it is. And when the Raiders are struggling, he says they're struggling. But, uh, so we'll get some thoughts from him today. So look forward to that. Heidi Fang joins us, the Las Vegas Review Journal, of course. Heidi was at the game as well, too. Uh, get her thoughts on that. She was on the Photog side i'm very curious with heidi what kind of pictures because she always gets great pictures on the field uh before the game during the game after the game so i want to know if she was in that madness and that scrum just like we had kevin e. martin on yesterday from news eight and she was down there and you heard her she was she was in the back getting her makeup done then made a mad dash sprint like come on what's up with that i wonder if she was sprinting and in, in heels yeah um I don't think she had heels on because, I, like I said, I saw her on Sunday. I was sitting next to her. I didn't see heels. But don't they normally like change or something? Could be. Like, you know, for TV, you're could, gonna, could be. you got to get that little That's extra. True. Well, that girl doesn't need to be wearing heels. She's 6'1 yeah. already. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, Lincoln Kennedy, Heidi Fang on the show today. And, uh, like I said, plenty of terrible Tuesday takes uh, as well. But, yeah, we're still trying to come to terms from the reverberations of what we saw and heard at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, Sin City Miracle, Sin City Nightmare. How's that? If you're a Patriot fan, that's what that should be. Sin City Nightmare. Yes. How about that? Jeez. The Patriots' major malfunction, the bizarreness, the quirkiness, the craziness, insaneness. I don't even know if that's a word or not. Uh, Raiders get the victory 30-24. Again, we recapped it uh, yesterday. Uh, but again, so we'll uh, we'll dive more into that because still very, very topical. And now there's talk that, well, now that the Raiders won, they improved, what, 6-8, and eight, that maybe they got a shot at the playoffs. They do, but a lot of things are going to have to line up for them to do that. And, and it has to start with them winning out. And I know a lot of people say, okay, no way. You know, they, they got Pittsburgh on the road and then, you know, they, they got the 49ers and then they got the Chiefs. So more than likely they're not going to win out. However, if you break down the schedule, okay, and we'll start with this week. Okay. It's Saturday in Pittsburgh, Christmas Eve night. It's going to be eight degrees, by the way. Got to make sure I r- remind uh, Lincoln and especially Heidi. It's going to be eight degrees. It's a little chilly. Yeah, just warm. Fifteen last night at Lambeau, Green Bay, and we called that one. Packers win going away, twenty-four to twelve. Rams, forget about it. But anyway, back to the Raiders. What they need, it starts with them. They have to win their last three games and get help. So it starts Saturday in Pittsburgh. 
Raiders are going to be an underdog. Kenny Pickett, we're getting word today that he will probably be back quarterback after concussion protocol, which is probably, even though he's a rookie, but now you know, you're know you 14 games into the season, you're not really a rookie anymore. The backup, Mitch Trubisky, not a good thing. You know, Trubisky wasn't horrible last week, but he was horrible the week before for the Steelers. And then you got Mason Rudolph just waiting in the wings there as a third-string quarterback. So, you know, really, if Pittsburgh struggles, especially against the Raiders' defense, they're in pretty good shape with either of those quarterbacks. Any of the three quarterbacks, they're going to be okay with. So it's not like you have a starting quarterback and this guy's struggling. Okay, boom. You know, there's a major drop-off. You're not going to have that with Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be tough for the Raiders to win. Coming off that emotional win, traveling back east, playing in eight degree uh, temperatures at night, cold, it's going to be tough, especially for them defensively. Pittsburgh is a hard nosed football team. They like to run the football. If Najee Harris can get going, Najee Harris could have a huge night. I mean, think about what Ramondre Stevenson did, you know? Well over 100 yards, and he tore him up until he made the Biggest buffoon snafu that started that whole mess with the lateral to Jacoby Myers, who then said, okay, we're in the lateral mode. I guess I got to find somebody. Oh, yeah, Mac Jones. What? Oh, there's Chandler Jones instead. Boom, 48 yards the other way. See you later. Good night. Um, So it starts Saturday. I don't think the Raiders can win that. They could win the game. They could win the game. But I think Pittsburgh needs the game more, they're going to be focused, playing at home. I look at the Steelers to win. But if the Raiders got by the Steelers, then they got to face the 49ers. 49ers should not have really... They've got the NFC West clinched already, but they're vying for playoff positioning. They would love to get that number two seed. Right now the Vikings have it, so the 49ers got something to play for. So probably... Even though the game's at Allegiant Stadium. One of the Raiders have not been a great home home team. So, yeah, advantage Niners. And Niners will be favored. Then the finale against the Chiefs. Now people say, well, no way they're going to beat the Chiefs. Well, remember, the Chiefs will probably have nothing to play for. Mahomes, probably not going to play. Now it depends on what happens. Because if Buffalo and Kansas City... Got something to play for for that number one overall seed, then Mahomes will play. And then more likely it'll be night night for the Raiders. So it all starts with that. All right. There's some other teams, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, that have some playoff scenarios that have the same record as the Raiders, like the Packers, six and eight, but their thing's more doable than the Raiders. But yes, the Raiders, uh, Chargers must lose two of their three final games. Dolphins must lose two of their three final games. Patriots must lose at least one of their final three games. That should happen. The Jets must lose one of their final three, which should happen. Then you've got the Jaguars, same thing, lose one of three. So those three scenarios are plausible. That can happen. Chargers, don't know. But none of this happens. Unless the Raiders went out. And they're going to be underdogs in all three games. And even though two of the three, the last two games will be at home, really doesn't 
mean much for the Raiders at home because, as we know, even though if the Chiefs and Niners have nothing to play for, which the Niners will have something to play for, there could be a lot of Niner fans. I know a lot of Niner fans that got their tickets way back when. Niner fans from the Bay Area, from Sacramento, they're coming up. And then Kansas City, well, we see what that's all about. I mean, you're going to have you know, 30 40% of the stadium is going to be Chief Red. So Raiders got a lot on the table, uh, you know, to accomplish still. But hey, they got the victory. Even though you can make the argument, no, they didn't deserve the victory. Didn't deserve the touchdown by Keelan Cole. Call was not overturned, so it is what it is with that. Until the NFL just changes their ruling for that of that you have to prove, um, you know, this not inconclusive, then you're going to have these debates. All day long. Because we all saw that toes were on the white. End of story. Toes are on the white. That's it. But because the original call trumps everything there, and you got to prove beyond a reasonable doubt uh, to overturn that call, and that did not happen. All right. So, yeah, still trying to come to terms with what we saw in that game on Sunday. But I'll say one thing, man. It was very, very exciting. Derek Carr. All right, we heard from Josh McDaniels yesterday, his thoughts after the game. Here's the quarterback, Derek Carr, talking about what his thoughts were in the reaction to that final play. I, I, we, if you've been with the Raiders uh, for any amount of time, um, we've seen some our fair share of things happen, right? Um, but I have not seen that one. You know, um, I'm glad it went our way. You know, I've stood up here and answered some hard questions sometimes about what, I mean, what, I don't even know how to tell you what happened, you know, sometimes. And, um, you know, they're sitting there, they're trying to run the clock out to go to overtime. They break some tackles, they get down there and it's hard as a competitor too, because you're down there now and they start tossing around, you get it. It's hard to just like sit down on it, you know, or you know, give up on the play. I, I, I get that as a competitor. It's tough. Um, that's, that's a tough thing to do, especially if that's not a thing that's talked about. Right. Um, you, you're like, Oh, okay. This is what we're doing. And so, um, crazy. He threw it back. Chandler caught it. And I, and again, my brain, I was like, pitch it, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't know Chandler's 40 time, but you know, when you stiff arm, it goes down a little bit. Um, but he made it to the end zone is unbelievable play. And I'm glad we had one go our way that way. What's sad, you know, with technology is I didn't even watch it in person. I was watching the Jumbotron, you know. It's like when Tiger Woods is hitting a shot and everyone's on their phone, like, trying to watch it. Like, just enjoy it, you know. Um, but I, I was watching the Jumbotron. And honestly, when the running back tossed it to um, the other player, I, I think I even said it. I was like, throw it back, we'll catch it. Throw it and we'll catch it. Throw it and we'll catch it. And he threw it. And I was, again, I was watching up there. And then all of a sudden, I just see Chandler, you know, put his hands up. And I, I started yelling at Bo, uh, my quarterback coach. I was like, Bo, Bo, Bo. And then he didn't react until he crossed the finish line. So respect to Bo. But once he did, we went nuts. The finish line. I like that. And that's what it was like for Chandler Jones. And there's no doubt that he was going to score. And you heard Josh McDaniels, you know, yesterday say, well, I was just hoping, you know, you know, he just had enough uh, gas uh, to get to the goal line. And he did. I was concerned when he was putting his arms out and he had the football out. That you know, no Patriot was close enough to come because there was, I believe, the tight end who was running on the opposite side on on his left side, but he wasn't going to get the ball. But you know, we've seen so many players, you know, drop the ball prior to the goal line or right when they get inside, and we got to go to review for that. But uh, he did look a a little tired 
But again, I think nobody was expecting the play to unfold. And that's where it comes to the Patriots. Because I was, you know, when you're there and you're not watching on TV, on TV, all you're looking at is the play itself because the cameras are following the player that has the ball. I was looking at the player's reaction on their faces and their body language when Chandler Jones picked it off and started running the opposite way. There were guys that took off their helmet, they went to a knee, and just were like, what happened? What what did Jacoby Myers just do there? And that's why a lot of people are just standing around, and they're not even chasing after Chandler Jones because it's like, we weren't expecting any of that to happen. Craziness. Craziness. Derek Carr talking more about uh, not only that play, but now let's talk a little bit about the drive to tie the game. Now, remember, the Raiders had the ball two minutes to go, and they had to go the length of the field, and they were facing a fourth and 10 from their own 19-yard line. Fourth and 10 from the 19, and completed a 13-yard pass to Matt Collins. And then another one to Hollins. And then uh, a short one to Josh Jacobs. And then Darren Waller found himself open down the middle again to get down to the 30-yard line. And then, of course, we had the play where Carr found Keelan Cole in the back of the end zone for the touchdown where Keelan Cole basically had to get both feet down. Questionable whether he did or not. Here's Derek Carr talking about the drive to tie the game. Yeah, I was very proud of our group. Um, you know, we had a chance. Uh, was it four minutes left? Um, we had a chance, you know, right there. You know, you want to take a two minute drive, take the time, score your touchdown, you know, do that. Um, and we, we didn't, we didn't, you know, uh, we had a few close plays, whatever the reason doesn't matter. You know, it was close, didn't happen. So you're sitting there, you're like, you got to count on the defense to get you the ball back to have another chance. And, uh, and they did. And we got it. Ends up being again, fourth down. And in the huddle before that play, they took a timeout or two minute. I can't remember what it was. Um, uh, but I remember in the huddle, everyone's like, take a deep breath and just, and I remember Devontae said, just find a way. Just find a way. Everyone do your job. Find a way, um, to, to just do the right thing. And, uh, it takes all 11 guys on offense to do the right thing or it's not going to look pretty, you know, no matter who it is, what it is and all that. And our guys did the right thing. Mac makes two huge catches in a row for us right there. We hit Darren on one. Um, hit Josh on that, but I mean, it, it was, it takes everybody doing the right thing. And our guys stepped up in that moment and did it right. I think, uh, what Devonta Adams said was spot on as well, too. Just everybody do the right thing. Everybody do your job. And that's what a veteran should say to his teammates when you know, okay, this is it. This is our last chance right here. Everybody just do your job and do the right thing. Uh, Derek Carr, um, talking about waiting on the review of that play with Keenan Cole because it definitely looked like, um, he was out, but no, no question about it. He was there, out. He was out. He was out. That was it. And you know, whether you're a Raider fan, you're not a Raider fan, whatever. Bottom line was, like we said yesterday, foot on the white means you're out. Plain and simple. You are out. It's that other football game where foot on white is okay. That's football. All right. Earlier in the day, World Cup. Yes, that's, that's 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 perfectly fine, but not in American football. NFL, no good. 
And we could definitely see the foot was on the way. And for Raider fans who want to sit there and make excuses and say, well, he had white cleats on and, and this and that. It was too hard to tell. Foot was out. Okay. But again, I do not blame the officials. The officials were looking for a way to overturn it. That's why it took so long. Because remember, if it was just plain, okay, let's go by the eye test, which it should be, should not be verbiage placed in a rule book in a criteria that says, okay, we must stand with the call, you know, as originally called by the official, you must have inconclusive or must, must have, yeah, conclusive evidence to overturn that call. Because if that official would have said he's out, okay, you know how, what a quick review that would be? So quick. Two minutes. That's why it took about less. This thing took about four minutes because they were just trying to find some backup for them to say, okay, we're going to make a big call here, a big game-changing call. We see that more than likely he's out, but if if it's got to be conclusive, well, I don't know if that really defines that. Therefore, we got to go with the the call. And again, can't blame uh, the side judge there. Can't blame him. I mean, it, you know, boom, boom, you know, spur of the moment. He thought, okay, I see touchdown. And these officials know they can always go back to replay to make sure they got it right. But that was a tough one right there. And it could come back to haunt the Patriots, no doubt about it. This could cost them their playoff chances. So they had that play that they feel they got screwed over on. And then, of course, they did it to themselves on the final play of the game with the uh, goofball laterals. Uh, Here's Derek Carr uh, talking about uh, waiting on the review process of that Keelan Cole catch. Was it in? Was it out? So, like, they always tell the coach, um, if you stand next to the head coach, you get a lot of good information. So, you know, you stand. there's a ref always, if you ever see, like, standing by the coach, most of the time, I don't know if it is every time, I don't know the rule or anything like that. And uh, I remember, you know, I was talking to the ref, actually, about the play, and he said, that was a heck of a throw, man. I was like, well, I hope it counts, you know. And uh, and I looked at him, and he goes, touchdown, like that, to Josh. And I, I just didn't even care what ever if they changed it after that, I would have fought somebody. But yeah, <laughs> Derek Carr's going to fight somebody. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Derek Carr in a fight. I really see that. All right. Uh, so the Raiders now got momentum back on their side. They get the victory, and like we said, uh, there are some slim playoff hopes for the Raiders. Here's Derek Carr talking about that. We're just every day, honestly, we're trying to do the right thing. Um, we're trying to get all the right guys and everyone on the same page to do the right thing every day. Cause when we do, when, when everybody does the right thing, the results are good, you know, and I'm, I'm not talking just a game. I'm talking about play, you know, um, you know, to do the right thing, but it sounds, it's familiar. You know, we talked about the same thing 12 months ago, you know, um, we have to keep playing and, um, you know, is it guaranteed? No. I mean, you know, a lot of things got to go our way. We got to work really hard and win this week. And so it starts with my preparation tonight, you know, on the Steelers and, you know, moving on, you know, I get to enjoy it with my teammates. And then as soon as I'm out of here, it's over. And so, um, you know, I think as long as we keep that focus, um, and stay, stay true to what we believe in as a team and who we are. And I mean, Josh's message, we, we believe in it and we do it. 
um, he'll give us the keys to win the next game, and hopefully we can keep it going. Crazy how emotions can just change. Your attitude changes from game to game. And when the Raiders, when going back prior to that three-game win streak, when Derek Carr was an emotional mess and he was crying, and it was like, okay, Raiders are done. Then one one game, one two in a row, one three in a row. It's like, okay, got something going. And then boom, it all comes to a crashing halt again with another loss, you know, to the Seattle Seahawks. And then it looks like they were left for dead in this game on Sunday. What happens? They get a miraculous, bizarre play that gives them victory and gives the Patriots the loss. All of a sudden, wow, okay. Yeah, we're happy. And now we've got momentum. Back on our side. At least that's what the Raiders are thinking right now, as uh, their slim playoff hopes um, are still alive at this point. You know, going back to the game on Sunday, we talk about Ramondre Stevenson. He's a Las Vegas native. Had himself a heck of a game. 19 carries, 172 yards. Amazing. 172 yards on the ground against the Raiders defense. Josh Jacobs. Carried the ball 22 times, was the focal point of the Raiders' offense, 93 yards. Now, the Raiders were very conservative. Josh McDaniels was very conservative with his play calling. And a lot of fans didn't understand that. They were saying, well, you know, come on, throw the ball deep, throw the ball deep. So they were very conservative for one of two reasons. And I'm not sure we'll really know the answer to this. But hearing Josh McDaniels after the game, he basically said that, you know, his offensive line was banged up. He had some more injuries. But, you know, when you're electing to run Josh Jacobs on first and second down and then forcing yourself in third and longs, and then the play calling with Derek Carr, we didn't see Devontae Adams or really anybody downfield. I mean, heck, the Keelan Cole pass, the 30-yard touchdown, and again, that was in desperation on the final drive of the game. But you didn't see much of that earlier on, did you? That basically tells me that you don't have a whole lot of faith in your offensive line. That's what that play calling is all about. But Jacobs had 93 yards. But concern there. when Ramondre Stevenson, 172 yards. He averaged nine yards per carry. Crazy. Derek Carr wasn't great. He was 20 for 38, just a little bit above 50%. 231 yards, three touchdowns, and then the interception, the, the pick six that we played back for you yesterday. And then you got Mac Jones for the Patriots. I'm not sure if this Mac Jones experiment is going to work. I mean, you're 13 for 31 against the Raiders for 112 yards. It's atrocious. No touchdowns, no interceptions, and a big missed tackle at the end of Chandler Jones. 13 for 31 for 112 yards against the Raiders defense? Man, neither team had success on third down. Patriots were 2 for 13, Raiders 5 for 14, and the penalties again really killed the Raiders. 13 penalties again for 90 yards. You can't keep making these mental mistakes and putting yourselves behind the chains, and that's what they did. And that's, you know, when a team, they know they're out of the playoffs, you see those type of mistakes over and over again. And this is what the Raiders have been. Raiders have been this way for a long time. Killing themselves with penalties, but nothing seems to get better with it. And then we go back to the offensive line. Derek Carr was sacked three times on Sunday. So they got some stuff to clean up here. But 
hey, they can be happy. They got themselves a gift victory. Yes, Christmas came early. This wasn't a victory that the Raiders earned. You know, kudos to Chandler Jones for being in the right place at the right time. Catching the ball, not an easy thing for a defensive end. Catch the ball, then race 48 yards, and you just had to stiff arm a quarterback that's half his size. But other than that, the Raiders were outplayed in this game. They were outplayed in every facet of this game, but they got the victory. All right, crazy ending. And a lot of crazy endings, as we talked about yesterday in the NFL over the weekend. All right, we come back. Big Lincoln Kennedy is going to join us, a former Raider offensive lineman, the former All-Pro, does a fantastic job on the Raiders radio network. We'll get his thoughts and relive the craziness from his perspective of Sunday. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me big. T.C. Martin. Of course, you are a character. Doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50. Has the 45. Breaks away from another tackle. Pitches it backwards. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. He scores! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I can't believe what I just saw. Again! I can't believe what I just saw. This is unbelievable. (laughs) Wow! There it is. Craziness, bizarreness, and the man who was on that call. He just can't believe what he just saw. Former Raider, offensive lineman, and of course, does a fantastic job on the Raiders radio network. Lincoln Kennedy. Big Link, when you hear that back, and I know you probably heard it back, Oh, 128 times or so. What hit you, man? It's not good to be speechless on radio. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we know it? Don't we know it? (laughs) And I know you know it all too well. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Jason, he he said it all. I mean, there there was nothing to add. You know, normally when you work with a play-by-play, as a color commentator, you're supposed to paint the picture. It, it, he, he said it. There was there was nothing for me to add to it. I I was completely stunned at what I saw, and I had never seen anything like that before in person. Now, of course, the only thing I was missing was what maybe a, a trumpet player or a trombone player <laughs> on, the, on the field. You know, the, the right. game, Macau and Stafford. Right. You know, I mean, that, that's the only thing I was missing. But you know, having never experienced that in real time, I was just flabbergasted my mouth was i was like are you kidding me what are you doing you are are you an idiot yes you are an idiot and it turned against it and so you know you know first of all it's good to be with you bro but it's one of those things where you look you look back at it and it's like in the past those types of plays have gone against the raiders as recently as the arizona game when Hunter Renfro gets the, the snot knocked out of him, the ball comes up and they return it for, you know, fumble for a touchdown and game's over. It, things like that have gone against the Raiders in the past. You don't see someone, you know, arguably, TC, arguably the most, you know, the, the most, I guess, what's the best way, well, best way to say the disciplined team in the league? Are the New England Patriots? <laughs> That's what Argue. gets me, and that that is my synopsis of 
Okay, I can understand maybe another team, but a Bill Belichick-led team who usually drafts well, smart players, good high IQs. What I saw there, Lincoln, was that I see Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers. To me, that just says... Are you, t- are, are, are they that stupid? Is the football IQ that bad? And I hate to put that on a player, but again, did, you know, the first thing that came to my mind while I'm sitting there watching it is like, okay, did they think they were behind? Did they think it was 24, 23? Who knows? But that's, yeah. you hit the, you and I are, are, are thinking and saying the same thing there. When, when I saw Stevenson break through the hole uh, on the draw play, first of all, I was surprised they ran it. Because right. if I was Mac Jones or Matt Patricia or Belichick, you know, I would just down the football. You've stolen the momentum. You've taken all the momentum. Yes, the Raiders did come back and score a touchdown late to tie it up. But really, the second half belonged to the Patriots. So all you want to do is force overtime and, and, and take your chances that way. It's, it's likely that you're going to be able to stop them, get a field goal, whatever, however you want to look at it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when Stevenson broke through the hole, and I saw him get a little bit of momentum. I said, oh, he's trying to break something long. When the Raiders used the sideline, they had safeties deep because they were playing for the deep ball, and he pitched it back. That's when I would, my mouth just fell open. I was like, what are you doing? Why would you? And, and he so nonchalantly pitched it back. It wasn't predetermined. It, it, it was something that at the spur of the moment he thought he could do because he saw Jacoby Myers behind him relatively close. And you saw the way the ball came out to Myers. And then Myers took it with the initiative like, oh, okay, let's make something happen here. And you could see the rest of the team, the rest of the Patriots around them, were completely surprised because the offensive linemen that had built up down the field were looking like, oh, well, well, you know, like, what do you want me to do? What, what, what can I do? And when Myers threw it back, I was like, what are you doing? I'm, sit- I'm just stunned. <laughs> And, you know, Chandler Jones had a great explanation for it. He's like, you know, I've seen these plays in the past where you just want to find one of the respected offensive players. Because, trust me, when I tell you, as much as I have the fondness and I used to play it, ain't nobody trying to pitch the ball to an offensive lineman. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can control it. You're not trying to pitch the ball to an offensive lineman. You want to use one of the skilled players out there. You want to try to get to a receiver. And, and there's only five of them on the field. So, let, you know, let's, 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 let's break it down. So, um, you know, when you saw the ball go back from Jacoby Myers, I'm just like, what are you doing? And when Chandler Jones came up with it, and he strong-armed Matt Jones, <laughs> just pushed him down in the face, you know, face in the ground, like, did I just, did I just see something that – and you know, to me, it 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 seriously just captivated just the entire Sunday. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a sports Sunday quite like that. From the World Cup, the games I watched earlier between the Chiefs and the Cowboys and all those other guys, all the teams, to what I just saw, I was just like, I was exhausted. Right. <laughs> I was exhausted. right. And you're right. So every one of the morning games were one score games and we had two overtime yeah. games there. And then when you look back right. at the 16 games overall from Thursday night to Monday night, 12 of the 16 games were one score games. And then yeah. like you said, you know, the 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 World Cup. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, yeah. the great whether you're a soccer fan or not, I mean, you have to I appreciate that. Fan after that. Right, exactly. Absolutely. It's like the greatest Absolutely. final match <laughs> in the history. And I, I was, it was riveting, man. It was riveting. It was, it, 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 and then, like you said, you know, you're on the air broadcasting it. 
I'm there, press box, and then I went down, uh, uh, down to the bowl for the fourth quarter, uh-huh. and I'm sitting around uh-huh. all these Raider fans, and they all had right. their mouths open and everything too, you know. And as you know, I mean, people was starting to leave at the two minute warning. Certainly. People were they were bolting, <laughs> and, and it's like, and I'm sure for you, and again, and you know, going back to what you're talking about about you know being silent because you know, kind of Jason said it all, you didn't know what to say. People got to remember too, in your role, you have a cadence or you have kind of a, a rhythmatic thing where the play by play guys, uh, he called, he calls the, the play. And then it is your turn basically to kind of recap what you saw and then kind of set up the next play. And then this thing, it's just 100% reactionary. And you just, you don't, you don't know what is, is going to transpire or what is going to come out of your mouth. And right. yeah, so you don't have to apologize at all because like I've been through it myself with, with radio calls like that. And, and it's like, people say, Oh, did you like, you know, have a catchphrase ready to go for that? It's like, uh, no, it's just reactionary. And I think that's the best way that you yeah. have to do it. But, but like this, I mean, you, you I, I guarantee you that you were just thinking, okay, uh, what, am I going to go get one more hot dog before overtime? I mean, you're playing on overtime, right? You're thinking about something, maybe going to the restroom or, or getting another water or something, right? You're thinking, okay, I've got about I got about two or three minutes here to get ready for OT, right? The Patriots completely stole all the momentum out of the out of the game. They they took it away from the Raiders that the Raiders had in the first half. They had a second half adjustment where they completely changed the tone of the game. It was in their favor. I was surprised the Raiders were able to score. I was I was I was surprised because normally they're 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 they are so positioned to do what they do. Derek Carr is going to look for Devontae Adams or Darren Waller, and that's exactly what the Patriots took away. The fact that he went to Keelan Cole to get that touchdown was a, a surprise in my mind. I was like, wow, he actually made the right call, and for Cole to get his feet in bounds and for them to study it as long as they did, these are all things that have gone past or have gone against the Raiders in the past, right? Right. All things, reviews, is it a judgment they'll call, all things that have gone through. And my disdain towards the Patriots organization started on a judgment call. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? Of course. And yeah. that's why the only thing I could say after it, T.T., when we were doing, we were doing our, 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 our post-show you know, review, I said, hey, New England, tuck that. That's that's all I could say. <laughs> because that's exactly how I felt. And, 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 but it, it, my, my point is this, is that, when you see something that is so surprising, I thought about the people that left early during the fourth quarter when the lead had begun to go against the Raiders because yeah. this is another Raider fall apart in the fourth quarter or the second half, whatever. They're going to lose the game. They're going to lose it. And, and, I saw, and, I, and I wondered, how would you feel if you were in your car and you heard this? Uh, what, what, what would you think if you were walking across the bridge back to the Delano or, right. or, the, or, or the, the, the other hotels and, and, and you're getting it, you heard this or you saw it on the big screen because they show everything on the big screen out there. What, what, what would you think? Uh, Lincoln, I can tell can you, you imagine? That I, I, for, I got a little firsthand experience with this. I'll tell you a quick little story. So I went to a, a Notre Dame USC game in South Bend okay. and in, uh-huh. and. I was went as a fan, so I'm sitting down, and it's like 26 degrees in South Bend, a driving rainstorm okay. that happened in the second half, and I hung as long as I could, and it looked like the Irish were, were out of this thing, and so I left, 
about five minutes, six minutes to go in the game. And what am I doing? I'm listening on the way as I'm driving back to Green Bay from South Bend, that six-hour drive, and what? the Irish came back to win basically in the, at, at the end of the game, and I'm sitting there going, what did I just do? But in my in my pants, I, my 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 jacket, my I'm still soaking wet, right? And I and I, I'm in the comfy confines of my SUV, and I'm feeling nice and chilly and toasty. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I want the Irish to lose this game, so I don't have to explain to people, you know, that why I left this game early. So why you weren't there? Yeah, exactly. I was there, but I wasn't there anymore when it happened. You know? I could like like I said, I can only imagine, and, I, and the the only other example that I could think of. I I think I think it was a uh, I'm a uh, um, I think it was the Miami Heat they were playing against somebody mm. and their their fans left was it the Dallas was it was it during the finals somebody left early or something like that and the Miami came came back to win the game and they were they were talking about you know you fans that left early you missed out on it so so I've, I've seen a few examples of it but you know I was still stunned when 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 I saw the play when everything transpired I had no. I had nothing to say. I, I, I was just flabbergasted. <laughs> Lincoln Kennedy, he was on the call with Jason Horowitz, Raider Nation Radio, uh, Raiders uh, Radio Network. So we played uh, your call. Now, I don't know if you heard right. the Patriots call. And Bob Soshi, he, he's come on the show a lot of times with me over the years. Uh, him and Scott Zolak had the Patriots yeah. call. We're going to play this. And I want to get yeah, your take. I, I, I didn't see it, so let me hear it. Right, here we go. <laughs> On the hook and lateral to beat the Patriots several years ago. Now on a third and ten, three seconds left. Jones will give it to Stevenson. He started right. He runs it up the middle, hit by Chandler. Jones slips and hit across the 45 with a stiff arm. Off a tackle at the 40. He lost the football. And Jacoby Myers picks it up. He circles back and he throws it across the field. Oh Jones God. is picked up by Chandler Jones. He breaks away to the 30. He runs to the 20. He runs to the 10. He runs to the end zone. This might be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen. And a victory for Las Vegas. I don't know what to say. You think Miami was bad? We're down here, the miracle of Miami? This is a heads roll type freaking play right here. Oh, my God. Scott Zolak. So, so you got Lincoln Kelly on one end. I'm not, I'm not, got I'm not the only one. I know, right? I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. And and I think I I think who was it? Uh, there was ESPN or Westwood One was doing the the, the other radio. Um, and and it, <laughs> I'm I'm just Scott Zolak just is, is felt the same way that I did. It's like you're sitting there, and even though it went the Raiders' way, I still said. This is the dumbest thing you could have ever done. <laughs> right, right. He was disgusted. You, the, Did you, you hear know, that? I, I, was, I know it falls in the Raiders' favor, but this is absolutely asinine. It is for you to think that this is that was the right thing to do. So, let, yeah. Let me ask you this. Now, you've been in the huddle for not situations like this, but but right. situations like this, end of game situations, right? So, what is normally PC, said? Let me tell you something. Let me let me okay. let me share something. Yeah. Every team that I've ever been on has practiced plays like this. Right. No, and, 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 and when you're behind, right. The last you don't have a chance. You know the, the the pitch back. What do you do? What do you do? The lateral, almost like the the whole rug rugby or you know Australian rules football scrum. That's everything, right? Right. Every team that I've ever been on has practiced that. 
but it wasn't necessary. I know, I know. That's... You didn't need it. And, and that's and why... You're tied up. You're going in overtime. I know. You know, first of all, I, I will say this, because Bill Belichick is the head man. You know, you know, coaches, head coaches and quarterbacks get all the praise when everything goes right. They get all the blame when everything's wrong. This, to me, laid on the hands of Bill Belichick. You don't need to go for anything. You've got overtime. The ball's backed up. Don't take the chance. Don't take the risk of something like this happening. Just down the ball. Go to overtime. Mm-hmm. And, and, Why would you run plays? Right. And that's why I was asking you this, because a, a lot of people are saying, well, would this come from Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, or was this instinctive? And we got to say, well, it has to be instinctive. It, it has to be. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. You know, when I'm asking you, you, you're, you're in a huddle. These guys are in the huddle here. I mean, we don't know what was said, but it, it just had, you know, because if they were just going to, you know, play for overtime. Just why not go Neil Diamond? Okay, just just you know, exactly. and and that's it. But okay, a handoff up the middle. This had to be instinctive. There is had nothing, you know, called from the sideline or a play. Well, okay, if this happens, this happens, right? I mean, there's no way. No, just no, totally those, instinctive. There's, there's no doubt in my mind it was instinctive. There's no doubt in my mind it was instinctive. Yeah. You don't run a draw right. when you're on the opposing team. You know, you're on your back on your own 35 yard line, whatever. You don't run a draw and think that you're going to get. You know, you know, 70 yards or a touchdown. You know what I mean? So it, this was definitely instinctive. And that's why I said earlier that when Stevenson broke through the hole and he broke a couple of tackles, when he went to the sideline, he knew he was running out of bounds and there were defenders in front of him. He had nowhere to go. That's when he just kind of tossed back the football. <laughs> and it, it was up to Myers to sit there and say, oh, I'm a former quarterback. Let me see if I can make a play. Oh, there's a defender in front of me. Let me throw this back. There's my quarterback back there. Yeah, he, he found that number because there were several Patriots offensive linemen who were around him. He didn't pitch it to them. Yeah. He tried to throw it backwards. So, yeah, this was completely instinctive. But it, it was the – and what's – you know, I, I feel bad to a certain, certain degree. Uh, and, and trust me, there's no love lost to the Patriots. Um, but I feel bad for a certain, to a certain degree because – you know, when you saw the reaction out of those two guys, Stevenson and Myers in the locker room, they were, they were really broken down. They were crying. They were, you know, they were frustrated. You know, they, they probably canceled the, the season's chances for the playoffs, you know, uh, for the Patriots. And, you know, you cost your team a game when you, you had the, all the momentum. And that's, that's why I said I blame Belichick because Belichick should have just inserted just down the football, go to overtime. That's a head coach's call. And I've seen, Probably the most poorest mismanaged games throughout the season that I've ever seen in my life of my watching football. But um, you know, it's it, coaches like Belichick know how know better than allow something like that happen. No, you're right. And as much as we want to vilify Stevenson and uh, Myers, those guys were dominant on that drive where the Patriots took the lead. Absolutely. It was three Absolutely. plays where those th- those two guys were, were the reason for the touchdown and the two-point conversion and mm-hmm. getting getting them down mm-hmm. there. And then for them to end Very that true. game like that, wow, that's insane. Yeah. All, right, all right, so let me ask yeah. you this, Link. As we go forward here, and this season, as you said, it's just been craziness. We've seen so many ebbs and right. flows this season. We saw the Raiders have a three-game winning streak. We saw the losing streaks. We saw the crushing defeats. We saw the inexplicable win uh, you know, on Sunday. Right. Put this into... We've seen 14 games now here. Put this... Uh, even though it's not over yet, how do you characterize this season where you're, you, when you're looking at the Raiders right now? I've said throughout this season and in various interviews that I've done that what strikes me, what stands out to me about this team is that 
they're learning how to play together and they're learning how to interact with one another. And I know that, you know, there's probably a lot of listeners that are like scratching their head. What are you talking about? Well, look, this is a new coaching staff. This is virtually a new roster when what they took over. More importantly, they didn't play their starters in the preseason. And the only reason I bring that up is because there's certain game situations where you have to get a feel for how someone's going to react. You have to know what they what they're going to do or how they're going to react. You don't you can't duplicate that in practice. So I said very early on when people came talked about coming out of the preseason unblemished, I said this team doesn't know how to win together, and they started off poorly. It, it, it's it's still a learning factor. Now what you've seen over the last I would say six weeks of football, what you've seen is all phases of the game, learning what they have at their disposal coaching-wise, and more importantly, players learning how to play together. And you, what, what we haven't seen, and I think this is to a, 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 a definitive minus to the overall things going on, is we haven't seen a lot of adjustments. What happens if someone comes out there and takes Devontae Adams away? Where do you go? Who's the, who's the culprit? Well, we've answered that question, and we had Josh Jacobs. Okay, what happens if they take Josh Jacobs away? Oh, uh, just like the New Orleans Saints game. There's no reason why the Raiders should have been shut out against the Saints. The Saints stink, <laughs> but they didn't make adjustments. You see what I'm saying? And not making adjustments, you hit your head against the wall over and over again. You go back to the Jacksonville game, had all the momentum in the first half. Jacksonville goes in the second half, makes adjustments. The Raiders don't have any adjustments after that. When Jacksonville takes all the momentum out of it, Towards the end of the second quarter, goes into halftime, comes down to scores, the Raiders have no answer. Now when you look at Jacksonville, yeah, they're a challenging team, but just like the Detroit Lions, PC, if you watch them, they're learning how to play for, with one another. They're learning how to play together. That's what the Raiders are learning how to do right now. Might be a little too late, but that's what the Raiders need to have to learn to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Raiders now go to Pittsburgh. And of course, on the Ooh. anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, the NFL, they know what they're doing, don't they, Lincoln? They know what they're oh, doing. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> unbelievable. Absolutely. Uh, what happens Saturday in Pittsburgh? It's going to be cold as hell. <laughs> Eight degrees, be, my friend. Make, make sure yeah, you dress exactly warm. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I don't have to be on the field. Uh, right, right. <laughs> I would say this. Um, for the Raiders to be successful in Pittsburgh, they're going to have to be as balanced as they've been the entire year on offense. They're going to have to give a good dose of run and pass because they cannot they cannot afford, especially with the injuries, and we'll see how it comes out with the you know Alex Bars and those guys uh, with the offensive line. But the Raiders, you know, had this game in this last game. They had two backup guards. And they couldn't stop a middle blitz dog. Pittsburgh, Blitzburg, as what I've always learned, they will bring pressure along with TJ Watt and stuff like that. So they can't afford to just think they can sit back there and pass the ball. They have to be balanced on offense. They have to have a good dose of the run game and pass game. They have to be efficient and effective when doing that. And more importantly, you're going to have to have another dose of your, your non stars on the offense. Like you had, they were trying to in this past game to get the ball to Mac Collins. You saw a couple long plays of the, because most teams have under, uh, underestimated Hollins and Cole. They're not looking for them. 
And, and there's more times when play action or passes happen where they're not covering those guys, they're really covering those guys like they do with Devontae Adams. So it's going to have to have a strong dose, a, a balance uh, for offense. And, and on defense, they've got to find a way to plug the holes against the run. The, this past game against the Patriots, and I know they've got a big offensive line, but one of the, 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 the minuses of this style of defense that they, the, the Raiders run is that once you get past the line of scrimmage, there's no one left. Right. There's not like there's safeties back there. There's no one left. And, and Harmon took a couple poor angles, but you cannot afford to have the, you know, your opposing team have 200 yards of offense on the ground. Great stuff, Link. Uh, he'll be on the call. He'll be in Pittsburgh uh, coming up Saturday night, 5.15 our time. It's the Raiders and the Patriots. All right, brother. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't I hope bu- not to be speechless. Can I just say that? I was just going to say. I, I hope I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, so uh, you can write all these little things, have them in your back pocket, but you, yeah. this is the NFL, man. You have no idea yeah. what is going to happen. Yeah. No, and, no. But, uh, so true. Uh, and I promise I won't get in the car early and leave. How about that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but all seriously, uh, seriousness, man, it, you handled it great. Uh, it was totally reactionary, right. and uh, you, you spoke. What, exactly what you were feeling like just like we were all feeling yeah. whether you were there tv exactly. anything yeah. it was like what i just saw that's exactly what we all said yeah. what did we just see and you said it perfectly for everybody so well before i leave you i just want to wish you and all your listeners a very merry christmas a safe holiday uh be joyous and and if we don't talk before then a happy new year as well my friend you got that right my friend uh, same to you uh safe travels <laughs> in pittsburgh stay warm brother and uh, we'll talk I'm to you soon. Try. Appreciate you. Appreciate <laughs> you big time. <laughs> Lincoln Kennedy, my man. Uh, on the call last Sunday for that, whatever you want to call it, Sin City miracle, bizarreness, travesty, call it what you want. All right, we come back. Heidi Fang's going to join us. More Raider talk there. Terrible Tuesday takes. You want to definitely hang tight for that. Because I got plenty to vent about. But here comes the Express. And oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. 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 Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea. And then, uh, Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. That's the idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. laugh the doctor laugh. is now in. Oh, yes, hour number two. Is it laughable? Is it hysterical? Who knows? It's craziness. Appreciate Lincoln Kennedy joining us uh, last hour. That interview will be up on the website after the show today. Great stuff there. Talking about the whatever we're calling the play. The Sin City Miracle. I just like to call it the uh, Patriots Major Malfunction. What is your malfunction, numbnuts? Oh, that's your job to do, right? Uh, all right, so we'll continue talking about uh, Raiders with Heidi Fang. She's going to join us. And Terrible Tuesday takes. That's right. It is Terrible Tuesday. Plenty to uh, rant and rave about. Uh, that's coming your way 
uh, later on this hour. So don't you dare go anywhere with that. Don't forget Friday, we are back at the Westgate, the world-famous Superbook. Jay Schrader will be in the house uh, as we uh, get our best bets together for the weekend. And yes, we'll be celebrating Christmas, football, and food. You got to love that. All right. And uh, a person that checks all the boxes with all of that. And who knows where this segment's going to go, as we well know. I mean, I don't know where she's at today. We'll soon find out. The Las Vegas Review Journal's very own photographer, blogger, writer, a radio personality, on-air talent, mother... Just in just a dis- walking disaster most of the time. The one and only Heidi Fang. <laughs> How's that hey. It's all. These sound effects. I don't know. Where is she coming with these sound effects? I... <laughs> the people are thinking the circus is in town right now. I don't know. It's great. Uh, you know, Numchuck just loves having you on. I mean, I just asked you to come on just to, you know, make Num- Numchuck's year. You got to understand what you, what you do to him. Yes. That's so touched. <laughs> I am. What do I you mean, Matt? Sincerely. I know. That means something to me, Matt. It means something. There you go. You got love, girl. You got mad love here. Everybody loves Heidi Fang. I needed that on-air airwave embrace, I tell you. There you go. You, that's exactly what you got. Uh, so what are you doing today? I mean, an off day for you. water balloons and my son. Water balloons? I'm mothering today. It's like 58 degrees. I- what do you mean water balloons? <laughs> so we're in the garage. And I've been teaching him about goodwill and community service and things like that. And because he has a lot of toys. And, you know, Santa's coming. So I said, you know, we got to make some room because Santa's going to bring you a payload. <laughs> so <laughs> got to get some toys. So I don't, you don't play anymore. Give them to some other kids that need them. So we're packing up the car and give some stuff to other kids after this. So goodwill and something like that. I don't know if you know a toy drive, but there's some place I can take it. I'm working on that right now. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, serious, uh, yeah. But how? I want them to learn. Where does the, the water balloons come into play with all that? I understand the charity. So they're out in the garage. Yeah, they're out in the garage up from summer. Put away. It's fifty-four uh, degrees outside. Yeah, fifty-four. I know. And so check it. I had to put an ice pack on my face because my kid had like a hundred mile per hour fastball rocket two seamer. That's because and like. He said, hey, Mom, like right before I answered the phone when Nunchuck called. Uh-huh. And, like, and I lifted up my phone. I'm about to answer it. And my son whacked me in the face. My phone hit into my lip with the two-seamer. Boom, boom, boom. I got I got a fat lip right now. <laughs> it's always something with you. When you come on the show, it's always I something. I can't take coming on to your show no more. Oh. I think it's maybe coinciding. And you gave away my walkout music to who song. <laughs> well, you sold it like uh, like Jay Leno and Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can have we can have dual purposes here, you know. I thought it meant something. 
Now, how, now how would you feel? How would you feel if I like treated you to who songs or something like you know? I mean, no, no. how would you feel no, about no. that? Then you then you forgive me. I think there's me? a help number in the back of every airplane bathroom stall for that. I, you know, get get out of the garage or whatever, so you can conduct this interview. We, you, we know you said something really funny there, but we couldn't hear it because you were. I, 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 I. I. You're breaking. Okay. Yeah. Let me go to my backyard. Yeah. Where all the people of my zip code can hear me. Yes. (laughs) Now, what did you say? I bet you said something really funny. I said, "There's a phone number on the back of bathroom stalls." Where? At who's office? Where? No, at the airport. At the airport. Okay. Go to the airport. Said, what does that got to do with anything? I'm talking about going to who songs or treating you <laughs> to a, a meal or something, and you're telling me that they're oh that yeah in there fantastic. And I, and I get numbers in the back of bathroom stalls. <laughs> what what are you talking about, girl? I know you're traveling every other week with the Raiders. Is this what you're doing? Are you leaving no, your phone number on bathroom stalls when you're in the airplanes? Yeah. That's it. I'm icing my mouth with a package. <laughs> so, how, how, how do you do the interview like this? Because you're going to sound it right now. Yeah. Okay. What is your major malfunction? I heard that one. There you go. Let's do it again. The major malfunction. What is your major what malfunction? Is your major malfunction, num nuts. <laughs> Why? Eat that jelly donut. <laughs> Come on, pile. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Stand in that foot locker and uh, eat that jelly donut. Wow. Look at this. I mean, we could just quote movies all. You know, it, there's no need to prepare anything when Heidi comes on the show. Just just throw everything out the window. It's all good. <laughs> I'm still trying to do figure out this phone number on the ball. bathroom wall thing. I know. I, I Are you going to explain oh, this so to wait, us? Wait, seriously, do men's bathrooms in the airport not have that? I'm being totally serious. So when you go into the bathroom in the airport in every women's stall on the back side of it, there's a thing for human trafficking that says if you were a victim and it gives you a phone number to call and it's in like six different languages. I've Y'all heard that. that. No, no, I have heard that, but we don't have that in, in the men's. No. Wow. But, but I did. You so know, what if there's men that are being human? I'm serious. Like what if there are men that are being human trafficked? Yeah. I was always And they don't have it. They don't know the number to call. Yeah. They... I'm just totally serious. On every it's stall. In like every female's bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And almost every airport you go to. Because I've been to a lot of airports. This is and true. that is seriously inside of the inside of the stall. It gives you a phone number, a helpline to call. Okay, okay. And they don't have it for men. I'm I'm surprised. No, they this don't. A, we're learning something here. This this is true because I guess you know there are not many men that are are trafficked. Uh, they're by these uh, Russian uh, you know gangsters. You know, it's not just necessarily that. You know, there's, <laughs> there's stuff. So moving on to sports. <laughs> but but hold on, before we move on to sports, how did we get here? When you're talking about, I gave away your song to Who Songs, and I'm offering a gift card or a meal at Who Songs, and then how? Inside of my, uh, I was in a laundry room, so I guess it broke up or something. But I thought you said you was going to trade me over there for like working. Oh, like you're going to put me to work over there and trade me. Oh no, 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 no. But I know you could probably cook up some good enchiladas and some tacos, though. I know you. In fact, there was a time back when when I was working um, at uh, Fox Sports, and I was. going to have some enchiladas, right? And there were some uh, fighters that had been displaced or something, and we're looking for food because I had brought, like, some enchiladas to the, you know, media. Remember how you used to be? Like, you go to the media room, and sometimes there's food, sometimes there isn't. Yes. You know, so like, I brought enchiladas. Mm. And so, like, one dude's like, oh, man, 
I haven't had enchiladas that are homemade. That was homemade. <laughs> and I was like, look, you guys want enchiladas? I'll bring you some enchiladas tomorrow. And so, like, I started making all these enchiladas, and then they called up, and they are like, oh, yeah, we're not going to be there tomorrow. And I had, like, 50 enchiladas, <laughs> like, three trays for days. I'm supp- I put them in a the freezer. I was eating enchiladas every day. It was like the canceled wedding you never had where you have, like, fish and chicken and you're eating it from the freezer yeah. for like three months yeah yeah I've, I've never been to those kind of weddings but uh but i'm surprised I saw it on the office there you go I think very nice <laughs> of course you did i'm surprised that they would allow you to bring in food you know especially if, oh, yeah. if it's at a, at a hotel or whatever you know those yeah well they allow you to do that hey you know what yeah. uh you know we, we don't feel like uh, spending any more you know money on uh you know these uh, stale hamburgers and chips that we that we get in the right. media room it's like hey like fang will bring in her enchiladas we're off the hook i think this might have been 2010 or so so it was like some years ago at the mgm i remember or was it yep. mandalay bay it was one of those two what? it was for one of the fights okay there it is there's our, there's our lesson. they let me do it Wow. Uh, so I'd like to have some of those enchiladas. Yeah. I mean, not from, I not from 2010. I totally I'd like to, can I get a 2022 or a 2023 rendition of those enchiladas? Oh, possible. Quite possible. Quite possible. You play your cards right. Yes. There it is. All right. Live reaction. She should bring them in. Yes. Be in studio. Yes. Yeah. We can eat them. Yeah. We and give a live reaction. Uh-huh. Right. I like the way you started. I said we, I yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then can we do a taste test and put who songs next to mine? <laughs> we would decide which one is made. We actually could. We could do that. Yes. And, and, Stick and, in the plot. And, and, and guess who my uh, lovely uh, contact is for who songs? Her name is Heidi. So we have no Heidi. Way. Heidi squared. We can have Heidi squared here and, and do the enchilada test. Okay. Yeah. Deal. That's good. Figure it out. Which Heidi's, figure it out when. Which hi- I'll probably after football season. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. All right. You do want to talk some sports. You want to talk some football. Okay. That yeah. sounds good. All right. So here's what I got to know. So Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, uh, I know where I was at. We just got on the phone with Lincoln Kennedy. We know obviously where he was at when this uh, ridiculous play took place uh, by the Patriots, their major malfunction. I want to know where Heidi Fang was at because we've <laughs> talked about these type of things before. And I'm, I'm already getting this a laughing because uh, I, she's probably somewhere where she shouldn't have been. I'm wondering, was Heidi Fang, she always has these great shots and kudos to you, you know, these great shots before game, during game, post game. Where were you? you when this debacle unfolded when the Patriots decided to gift wrap this game to the Raiders did you have lens on camera you know behind the end zone because I know you hang out a lot at that end zone where Chandler Jones was running give me the your play-by-play your location when that went down the post-game interview room you know so every time uh, we shoot the games it's usually like two or three RJ photographers out there. And this time there's only two. And this time I also had no time to set up my camera for the um, post-game interview, mm-hmm. right? And so usually after a game, the coach will come speak about two to three minutes after the game ends. So you have to be ready. So I had to go in there and I was editing pictures from um, some shots that our other photographer didn't get and sending them in so that they could get them ready for print, even though it was a kind of an early game. Like, they still like to have, you know, a variety to select from for the front page and all that. So, you know, we didn't know which way the game was going to go at that point. At that point, it did not look good when I went in the locker room. It was like, um, or close to, you know, I wasn't in the locker room, but, right. you know, right. it was like, um, 
uh, it was four quarter. And by the time I got back there, because you have to walk some distance to get to this room, it was about 10 minutes left in the game. So I think it had already been uh, either tied or a lead change, something like that. Um, it wasn't obviously tied until the Keelan Cole touchdown at the end, but the Raiders were giving up the lead. I want to say it was a point differential in the game, like 17, 16 or something like that. Right. right, right. I don't know. Yeah. And, and then, and then, uh, 30 seconds, you know, ends and you see the Keelan Cole touchdown. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get my cameras ready again to go back out on the field. Cause I had already set up for the post game and edited what I needed to send in. So I was like, I'm, it looks like I'm going to go to overtime. I'm going to set up my cameras and go back out, catch overtime. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just getting everything ready. And luckily there was a TV everywhere in Allegiant when you walk through the bowels of the stadium. So um, that was my very non-exciting story about where I was. I was walking and I seen it and I was like, oh my God. And then I stopped because it's impossible not to react to that play. I don't care who you are, if you're a fan or not a fan of the team, your media, not media, whatever, that you had a reaction to that. There's no way you don't. Did you start to get your sprint on a little bit to like rush out to the field quicker? No. Or was it all I, I, done I, I already? I turned around. As soon as I saw the Chandler Jones touchdown, I turned around, put my stuff down, and got ready for the, the you know, oh, celebration. You were done. So that's it. So you, you couldn't, okay. Yeah. No that reason. wasn't close enough to make it to the field. Right. The uh, tunnel was, the tunnel that they left through is the one that I would have to exit through also. So there's no wow. chance of going down that tunnel wow. with that happening. You know. So I just went back to my media room. It's like I'm just gonna wait for the post game. You know, I pride Very I, as exciting. You, as you know, I, I pride myself on having these, you know, top of the line, these upper echelon guests, you know, who are there, who can capture things. And um so yesterday I have Kevin E. Martin, and you, I'm sure you know Kevin E, right? Yeah. Generally, mm-hmm. right? All right. And she gives me the story. I asked her the same question, and she was putting makeup on. Getting ready for overtime for her, you know, Channel 8 newscast. We all thought it was going OT. Everybody goes, thought it was going right, OT. Right, exactly, exactly. And then she starts doing the mad dash, you know, the athlete, mm-hmm. the, the former athlete that she is, and she missed it. So I said, well, at least I got Heidi Fang, because Heidi is always a spot on. She's, you know, photog of the year, boom. Did so both that? of you guys let me down. <laughs> You know, oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevinie, though, for what it's worth, is like two times taller than I am. And she could have hurtled over me and made it a lot faster. So I don't know what her real excuse is. This is true. Exactly. You know. I'm going to talk to her. I'm just, I'm just shocked Stop that both. Your wheels, yeah. girl. Uh, there you go. Uh, but no, just, just giving you a, a bad time. So, all right. So, will you, what was the viewpoint uh, from your perspective with, the guys in the locker room afterwards, because as you know, this team has gone through a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, we've had just total, you know, deadness of, uh, it's not even a word, but you know what I'm saying on some of these losses. Um, you know, the Raiders have had some really bad losses. Then they had the three game win streak. And then after this, you know, improbable victory, you know, Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels are pretty happy, you know, the post game press conference or whatever. But as we've seen, this team has just gone through, um, just so many different, different emotions. Uh, what was it like once it settled in that they got the win? And do you feel that they think that they actually have now a second life, even though it's a slim playoff hope chances, but do they have that right now? Yeah, I think there is a 7% chance. So you can't say no. Um, that's uh, done by different, um, Fields, if you put in, in, and there's a New York Times like database thing that if you put in the rest of the Raiders schedule and you put win, win, win for everything, 
uh, then you get 7% is what it comes out. <laughs> if you go and then you go um, like win-loss, win-loss, as the first loss you put, doesn't matter if it's Pittsburgh, 49ers, or Kansas City. If you put a loss, then it goes down to under 1%. So basically they have to win out. And right. that's going to be tough, especially coming up in Pittsburgh, going on the road, icy conditions. It's going to snow the night before, probably a little bit before the game. You have it at about between 12 to 8 degrees with a minus wind chill factor. It's going to come in down to minus 1. So in temperature. Now she's a meteorologist. So, Do you, I, 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 I can see I can see her right arm is like motioning like she has like a green screen in front of her too. And she's pointing to the well, east. I coast. have an ice pack. Yeah, that's that's right. I'm circling with the ice pack. That's right. Uh, it's got snow on it, so it's almost like an actual graphic. Very nice. And yeah. you know what, too? There's a snow cyclone coming through that part of the country. Snow, snow cyclone. cyclone. A bomb, I think they're calling it a bomb cyclone. <laughs> I think that's the actual word. Ladies and gentlemen, we go to our on-the-spot reporter and now uh, meteorologist uh, Heidi Fang, who has just broken news that we have a snow cyclone. Never heard that's of that true. ever. It's coming. Huh? Go look it up. Okay. I'm telling you, it's a thing. <laughs> and so they have it over there in the Steelers country, hmm. circling around. The Raiders have to, one, travel and make it to this game on time. Two, it's outdoors. Who knows if you know the field, the turf, how they're going to manage that. I'm sure they have blowers. Yes. But, you know, these days they get like, you know, in Buffalo, they didn't play that one game because the amount of snow. So who knows <laughs> if the field conditions from the previous night when it snows, how they're going to be. Um, this is going to be one of those improbable games just to, I think, get together once it comes out. There's like five or six games in the NFL this coming um weekend that are all going to be affected by very inclement weather so that's going to be interesting within itself to see how they shuffle it because normally you could just say oh look you know we're gonna flip it to the other you know part of town or something and put it in this stadium instead because that team is playing over here well a lot of the teams are all playing <laughs> on the east coast what genius came up with that and then they're all going to be in inclement weather so it's like how are you going to manage and figure out if you have to move one, how you move the next one, and then, you know, do the shuffle. So at least the Raiders, for any, if anything, are on a Saturday night. Maybe you just wait it out till Sunday and have to bump around some things on the schedule. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be delayed, but I'm just saying that it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this weather, as crazy as everything is lining up to be. So I'm reading this now. It says the Christmas bomb cyclone mm -hmm. will bring snow you. and travel chaos for up to a hundred yep. million people this holiday weekend. Yep. And airlines Tell are you. already offering people money not to fly. Telling you. Wow. Well, so when are you traveling yeah. out? You got to go early. I'm not. They're not sending me. The, bomb what? cyclones. Bo <laughs> there it is. You're staying home. Hey, you got it. Mm -hmm. You got it. This is the first game since um, 2020 at the New York Jets when Henry Ruggs caught that touchdown. Yeah. That was um, that zero blitz in the end zone to put the Raiders over. That was the only game I missed um, during the pandemic. And so now I'm going to miss this one. That's the first game since that one that I missed. But let's let's be honest here. I mean, you got to got to be kind of happy, right? That you're going to get stay home with your son, Christmas Eve, open presents. I mean, seriously, this is a good thing. Thank goodness for They're the bomb cyclone. Count your chickens and they hatch, you know, whatever that expression is, like birds and hands and chickens. I'm not, a blessing. I'm not a country boy, so I don't know, but I've heard, yeah, don't count My grandma your chickens used to say something. before they hatch. Yeah, there it is. My grandma used to say... 
two in the hand is better than so, one in the bush? I, I guess she because says that with a question mark. I, like, I just know we got some yeah, gap band. They're dropping the bomb cyclone on us. <laughs> Pittsburgh, look out. <laughs> Heidi Fang will not be affected. Seriously, you got to be kind of happy. Not kind of. You're happy. You don't have to go. You don't yeah, want to freeze your... other travel plans. What? Going to Cali, baby. Oh, okay. Jose, you're going to Cali. Yeah. So you're still traveling. Make some other plans. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good. That's good. See, you don't you don't need to be freezing your tail off there in the snow because you'd probably have to be on the field for a majority of the game. I right? would have been. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh-huh. I would have been miscible. And I was gonna I was I was all prepared here to, you know, I wanted to say, hey, you know, dress warm, eight degrees, it's gonna be nighttime, you know, have your little uh, thermos full of uh, hot chocolate. I, I was I was gonna ask you all these I still questions. Have WSD from Cleveland. Yeah. He worked stress syndrome post work. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Cleveland blizzard of 2021 that got me. I remember. Or the 2020. That. Yeah, I was remember. 2020. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but it was cold. I was thinking of 2020 because I was in a hallway because they at the time wouldn't allow all the photographers into one area because of the pandemic. Uh-huh. So I remember it. 2020. 16-6, the final. Raiders won. <laughs> Nicholas like, Moreau had a fumble recovery. <laughs> you know, you're like an encyclopedia there. You know, she, she got weather forecast. Remembers, it remembers all that stuff. Remembers what happened. There it is. I, I, I'd love to see your scrapbook there. You're probably a scrapbook person too, because he. I actually, I have ideas about scrapbooks, uh, but they have not yet come to fruition. <laughs> right, because everything's like piled up in a in, in a closet in a room, right? You, you, you got one of those rooms, don't you? I can see it. No the cover I've ever got with my photos, I keep. No uh, wonder I've never gotten an invitation over there. That's right, because, oh, no, don't go in that room. No, no, no. No, 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 don't go in that room. No, no. Tell you what, I'll, I'll meet you outside. There you go. Here's your enchiladas. Can't come in. Can't see my place. It's a mess. That's it. All right. All right, so there we go. Raiders, Pittsburgh, Saturday night. And, of course, it's the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Oh, the NFL, think they know what they're doing? I mean, come on. I mean, just like the Deshaun Watson thing. And, okay, his first game, oh, eight games? Oh, yeah, first game back Oh, against the Houston Texans, his former team. The NFL is always all over this stuff, right? I mean, the Raiders and the Steelers... Uh, the anniversary of the of the immaculate reception or conception, not conception, or deception. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that one too. De- deception, exactly. Right. I mean, wow, that's that's crazy. All right, what's going to happen in this game here? Uh, the Raiders ride this mojo, and uh, what do you think? Could be a tough one. I mean, you're looking at a Saturday game, right? A little bit of a short week. You got your offensive line banged up. You brought on a guy from the practice squad that was elevated on Sunday that had been there for five days or less to be a part of, you know, the offensive line and block who didn't quite fully understand the schemes, even though he was there, Jordan Meredith, who I'm referring to, because he stepped in for Dylan Parham. We don't really know right now Dylan Parham's real status because what they do on Tuesday, they don't practice, is they give you an estimate of what they expect for the coming day, right, or from what the injury was. So you look at it, and he's got a knee issue, and if Dylan Parham doesn't come back, that's a little bit, uh, you know, I think... If you're looking at a power run game in the snow and your offensive line is banged up, that's going to be an issue. So they're going to have to prepare real tough and figure out other ways and schemes to get guys like um, 
probably Jakob Johnson involved and Bayer Munford involved to bring up some heavy sets, you know, some old school ISO kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you get some uh, blocking going for these running backs like Josh Jacobs and Amir Abdullah, who can do good things when they have their legs under him. And you have to wonder about Josh Jacobs, his injuries, where he's at. He's got to get healthy. Um, he's not a hundred, you know, no, no running back at this point of the year is hundred percent. He's doing the best he can every week to get ready. But I'm just saying like, and I don't think he's not going to play, but he's banged up. He's had the finger issue. He's got the leg issue. He's got a calf issue. You know, he's got different things going on with his quads. So all of those things have been noted, but it's still like, it, you know, just to keep pushing at it. And in the cold, the way your muscles can just tighten up on you, you, know, you feel it a little more. Yeah, but he doesn't have an ice pack on his lip right now. No, I took it off. Can you tell? Because like, I feel like I'm trying to pause every three words because <laughs> my mouth is like throbbing. Do, do you got like a fat lip right now too? I mean, do you look? Yeah. You look kind of deformed there. That's it. There is. Yep. So, so you're yep. not you're not posting any selfies today? Is that what you're telling? Oh heck no! Oh, no, no. I'm supposed to actually do a shoot in a little bit for a show that we have coming up. So be patting on all that makeup. Oh, too funny. It's going to look sick. All right, girl. Well, we'll let you uh, go. Uh, have a, a great Christmas. Enjoy. Uh, try to enjoy some time with the family. I know you'll be hunkered down in front of a TV probably. Are you one of those yellers at the TV too? Is that what you do? No. No? No. Yeah. I have enough people in my family that do that, that I'm the quiet one. I'm like, Shh. Yeah. That's good. I'm trying to watch this. And then they all put up the subtitles. I'm like, you all know you wouldn't have to put the subtitles on if you weren't yapping. <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> who, watches, subtitles on. who watches a sporting event with subtitles? What is this? A, a, a French movie? Oh, I mean, what are you I talking thought you about? said movies. I thought you said movies. No. For sports, no. Yeah. no. I'm talking about the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who said anything about the Yeah, oh, the actual game. No. Are, are your ear, hey, were your ears affected with the uh, these the 100 mile an hour uh, two seamer? from your son there although yes, it's just it the was. mouth not the, not the ears no he clocked me pretty good <laughs> okay. I, hold, on, hold on hold on hold on doctor hey hey put fang in concussion protocol right now put her in concussion <laughs> and then take her to lip protocol that's what we need could be you know how they say after a UFC fight when i've been knocked out mm-hmm. and joe rogan's like sitting there doing the interview the yeah. guy that got knocked out and everyone's like stop right right <laughs> You're Joe Rogan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very little for that. <laughs> All right. Well, we're just grateful that you don't have to uh, get uh, caught in uh, any potential bomb cyclone. So there you go, girl. All right. We will Thank le- you very much. We will let you go. Uh, again, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And we'll talk to you uh, when you get back, hopefully. Thank you, guys, both to you and Nunchuck. Happy holidays to both y'all. You got Take care, girl. There she is. Heidi Fang on the 50th anniversary Raiders and the Steelers. How crazy was it when you go back to 1972? Uh, some of us uh, are, are old enough to remember this, but, man, one of the craziest things, and uh, this will be replayed over and over a lot uh, this weekend, especially considering what the Raiders just came off of with that uh, <laughs> debacle that happened at Allegiant Stadium, but it's it is it's Steelers, it's Raiders Saturday night, Christmas Eve. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away, and his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it.
Let's watch one this One million again. to one odds on this one. Ricochet out there off of Jack Tatum and into the man of the year, Franco Harris's hands. Here's the miracle of all miracles. Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and you're listening to T.C. Martin. He's huge, baby. Boom, boom, bubba dum, boom, 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 bubba dum, boom, boom, bubba dum. Ah, uh, yes. Don't forget Westgate on Fridays, our Friday home at the world famous Superbook. Non smoking, best sports book in the land, no question about it. Come on by, see the show live, our Christmas edition. All right, uh, Jay Schrader will be joining the show, our best bet segment, and a whole lot more, along with Marco D'Angelo. So, always fun at uh, the Westgate. Uh, and again, great. Food options at the Westgate, concert venue, and of course, this sports book. Fantastic. And don't forget, the International Theater hosts the Football Central each and every Sunday on the 4K video wall in there. No better place to watch all of the games in the comfort of the theater at the Westgate. And of course, you got the sports book there as well, too, with the food court. So great stuff. Uh, that's each and every Sunday. And of course, we got the show there on Fridays, our Friday home between 2 and 4 p.m. So make sure you come on out and check us out on Friday. The best bets on fire. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, of course, we uh, start off with a terrible Tuesday, what we've been talking about a lot here for the past couple of days, and that is, of course, the Patriots' major malfunction, the Sin City nightmare, whatever you want to call it, but from the Patriots' perspective, downright terrible. Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers, just absurdity. Like we talked about earlier with Lincoln Kennedy, it was definitely instinctive. Fans were confused. Was this part of a play? No, this was not a play. This was not one of these 13 lateral things that you practice each week. When you're behind, the score was tied at 24, and you get the nonsense that transpired in this game. Mac Hollins out on defense. He's all the way back. Uh, Stevenson is inside the 30, flips it back. Stanford band nowhere in sight. Uh-oh. It's picked off. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Incredible. Chandler Jones takes it in and wins the game for the Raiders. Have you ever seen an ending like that I've never one? seen anything like that. I have no idea why he was doing that. Oh, my goodness. So earlier we heard the Raiders radio network call with our very own Lincoln Kennedy. And then we heard Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak and their disappointment and amazement from the Patriots side of things. And that was the national broadcast of Fox. And everybody who was calling it and everybody who watched it, everyone who was there, or no matter where you're at, the exact same thing. What did we just see? Well, what we saw was stupidity. That's what we saw. There's nothing else that you could say. It's just being 
stupid, and selfish. How does this happen? That's why. Because you're stupid and you're selfish. Let me explain. All right? Being stupid because you don't know what the score is. It's tied up. You got the ball at midfield. There's only two plays with three seconds to go. A Hail Mary or a Neil Diamond. Or maybe a hook and lateral. Maybe. And that's it. Not like, okay, I'm here's a draw play. I gain 18 yards, you're Mondre Stevenson, and now, okay, you go down and get ready for the coin flip for overtime. Not, I'm going to flip it back. No. And then, once Jacoby Myers gets it, he full flat goes out sprint mode backwards, wrong direction, and saying, oh, yeah, I got to keep this up. See, it's like hot potato, or it's like a, a childhood game on a playground. Like, oh, he started this game. Now, I got to finish it. Oh, you gave it to me? I got to give it to you. Who do I give it to? I'm running backwards. I'm running down the field. Oh, Mac Jones, my quarterback. I'll throw it to him. What? And there's Chandler Jones, defensive end for the Raiders, who picks it off, goes 48 yards, untouched, touchdown, Game over and probably season over for the Patriots. So you're being stupid because you don't know time and score and situation. This is a Bill Belichick team. You do not expect this from the Patriots. You don't. And here's two guys that have been with their young players, but they've been with them their entire career. Now, Stevenson was, was drafted out of Oklahoma. Prime running back. They got rid of other running backs just to keep him and make him the number one. And then you've got Jacoby Myers, who was undrafted, but the Patriots signed him after the draft in 2019. But what is the IQ, the sports IQ, the football intelligence of these two players? It can't be good. They're two very talented players. But the IQ, not so much. Belichick teams don't do this. You don't expect to see that. They are the most prepared of all the teams. And we talked with Lincoln Kennedy. He said the exact same thing. We agree with this. They draft well. They put their players in good positions. But this was ridiculous. So, yes, stupidity is number one. But being selfish is the other thing. Selfish because you want to be a hero. Why else would you try to pitch a ball when you are getting ready to go to overtime? Why? There is no risk versus reward. You're not, the Raiders had eight guys back on this play to begin with. When you hike the ball from your own 45 yard line, you go down, you secure the football, and you play for overtime like the other 51 guys on your roster were doing. Except these two morons. Insane in the membrane. This is why we'll be talking about this forever as being probably the stupidest play in football history. Now, every time we have things like this, comes to light like, well, give me some other bonehead plays. Well, I've got some for you. I've got some bonehead plays, and we're going to share them with you. And where do you think this one with the Patriots debacle ranks? Let's go back to 2008. Why do you guys remember these? 2008 wasn't a real meaningful game, but it was the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. Dan Orlovsky was the quarterback. Okay? 
for the Detroit Lions. For some reason, Dan Orlovsky was on his own one-yard line and decides to drop back to pass, but he had no idea where he was at. The big-time players need to help this guy out. Roy Williams, Calvin Johnson, two of their biggest players. Third and ten. Here comes Jared Allen, and he's out of bounds. Poor guy. I don't even know if he realized it. And that's a safety. Well, so much for me calling him savvy because he had no idea where he's on the field. Tough situation, but you just can't do that. You have to realize, and you can see him, he didn't even know he was out of bounds. Tough situation for a young quarterback, but you always got to be aware, Ron, of the situation, where you are. But listen, I mean, being on the one-yard line, having to throw to your end zone three times in a row, tough spot to be in. It it goes back to the, the drop ball by Johnson. I mean, you can't ask... A guy who hasn't played much in his four years here, three years in in Detroit, to throw a better ball backed up in his own end zone against Minnesota. Orlovsky was a good college player. He'd been with the Lions for four years. Excuses there. The guy doesn't know. Of course, every quarterback knows where he's at. So he's on the one-yard line. He rolls out to the right, and he's trying to find an open receiver, and he's running on the back end line. He's like, a foot and a half out of bounds and running and running and running. And obviously it's a safety. But yeah, that was one of the most bonehead plays in the NFL. Number four here. Jets and the Patriots. Oh, those Patriots again, huh? Patriots were the benefactor on this one, though. 2012. You know what's coming, right? Week number 12, Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble. Well, years ago, we talked to Tom Moore, then in Indianapolis, the offensive coordinator. You got a busted play here, and then, oh, no. and then Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Watch this. Vince Wilfork is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. This is what Reggie White used to do to people: forklift them and just lift them off the ground. Mark Sanchez not expecting it, and it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. A little Sunday night football there, huh? And uh, the old butt fumble, Mark Sanchez, runs in to the butt of his own offensive lineman, gives it up, boom, going the other way, and the Patriots are uh, uh, <laughs> come out in, in great fashion there, and Mark Sanchez still to this day known as Mark Butt Fumble Sanchez. Number three, go way back to 1978. Week 12 again. This one, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants. Joe Pasarczyk for the Giants. All he has to do is just, as I like to say, Neil Diamond, but that wasn't real fashionable at that point in time. It was just, you know, basically quarterback sneak yourself or maybe make a handoff, but it's probably not a wise idea especially in a meaningful game like this. Play and the clock winding down below that. As the clock winds out on the Philadelphia Eagles, a game they thought would project them into a possible wild card position. It would bring them 7-5 and five had they won. But a late interception by the Giants will preserve a Giant victory. An upset win as the Giants lead 17-12. to 12. We're inside 30 seconds. The Eagles have no timeouts. Wait a minute. Here's a free foot. I don't believe it. The Eagles pick it up and Herman Edwards runs it in for a touchdown. An incredible development, just like the opening game of the season when the New England Patriots were running the play, the game out against the Washington Redskins. A fumble. This is the most astounding development. This is even more unbelievable. 
just doesn't get the snap. He just loses the snap, doesn't get it. And who's right there? Herman Edwards picks it up on the dead run and goes in for a touchdown. Yes, my man Don Cricky, great friend of the program, uh, along on the CBS call 1978. Joe Pasarczyk fumbles like he was going to go hand off, and then boom, Herm Edwards picks it up for the Eagles, number 46 on your scorecard, rumbles into the end zone, giving the Eagles the unlikely victory over the Giants. All right, uh, let's go to the Super Bowl 27, the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, we remember this one. Leon Lett picks up a fumble, showboating his way to the end zone, but... Fourth down and six, and right fumbles, picked up by Leon Lett. Can he go all the way? It's a 60-yard run. He's being chased by BB. Watch out. Did he get across? No, they are not. That's going to be a touchback to Buffalo. There's no call yet, though. He has not marked touchdown. It was knocked out of his hands and went out of bounds in the end zone, which would give it to Buffalo at the 20. And look at Lett. If they call that a no touchdown, he's going to dig a hole and crawl out of this place from there. He's going to need a big hole. (laughs) They have not made the call yet. Was it knocked out of his hand before? There's Leon. He celebrated too soon. No, that's Jeffco. He's the guy who made the hit. Leon Lett's still lying in the end zone. Now he's on his feet. And the call by him. The play has been ruled as a fumble in the field of play. The fumble went forward through the end zone and out of the end zone, creating a touchback. Buffalo's ball, first and ten. Leon Lett would have scored, but he slowed down to celebrate at the five-yard line. And when he did, Don Beebe, hustling, stripped it away. My guy, Don Beebe, that's it. Uh, stripped uh, Leon Lett, Dick Enberg, Merlin Olson from NBC on the call there uh, with that one going back to uh, 1992. Leon Lett, what a ham and egger this guy was, right? Because he's we're not done with these bonehead plays because Leon Lett gets the star again 10 months later in 1993. It's Leon Lett all over again. Remember the snow game? The block field goal? We've got the Dolphins taking on the Cowboys in a snowy Dallas. Thanksgiving Day game. Will it go in the win column to Dallas or Miami? Stojanovic will decide it as he will try this field goal, which will be 40 yards. 40 yards. Doug Peterson to hold. Sort it out. And there's three seconds left on the clock. 92, Tolbert gets his hand up in the air and knocks the ball. No, it's not 92, it's 97. Jimmy now, Jones. Now someone touches the football here. Watch what happens. It's Leon Lett. No! Oh, Lett, who is haunted by a Super Bowl misplay. And the ball goes into the end zone. They say it was touched at the one-yard line. If that were, if we had instant replay, that's a touchdown. 
The momentum carried the ball in there. Leon left. No. Now, with three seconds left, Stojanovic and Peterson are clearing a path. This is less than an extra point. And with three seconds left, Miami is that close to pulling this one out. Not Leon left. Legal in golf, but it is here. The field goal was touched beyond the line by the receiving team. The kicking team then recovered the ball in the field of play and slid into the end zone. However, since the ball was still a kick, it's down when the, the kicking team recovered the ball. The kicking team gets awarded the ball at the spot in the field of play, first down. as if they received an early holiday present cheer on the sidelines. The Dolphins pull it out. 16-14. Game over. And the same broadcast crew there again, Dick Enberg, Merlin Olson, and Thanksgiving Day. Leon Lett, what a ham and egger. All right, all those are great. Those are boneheads. But maybe the biggest bonehead of all time, you got to go back to 1965. The Minnesota Vikings, the San Francisco 49ers. A little chaos at the old Metropolitan Memorial Stadium in Bloomington, Minnesota. Myra straight back to pass. Looking. Now's... Stops, throws, completes it to Kilmer up at the 30-yard line. Kilmer driving for the first down, loses the football. It's picked up by Jim Marshall, who's running the wrong way. Marshall is running the wrong way, and he's running it into the end zone the wrong way. Thinks he scored a touchdown. He has scored a safety. Jim Marshall recovers the fumble for the Vikings and runs the wrong way. Runs the wrong way for a touchdown. San Francisco. Oh, yes. And Jim Marshall is good as a defensive lineman. He was a sack artist. Him and Alan Page back in the day, those Vikings teams, he will always be remembered for that. Same thing with Leon Lett. Good defensive lineman, but he will always be remembered for those two big bonehead snafus. And now I got to believe that's what people are going to remember Jacoby Myers for, for the New England Patriots. (laughs) Classic stuff there. All right, Green Bay Packers, they defeated the Rams last night 24-12. to Now, the Packers, with that victory, kind of have a slight chance of the playoffs. You know how we know that? Because ESPN analytics say they have a 12% chance. Oh, yeah. Didn't I just go off on this last week about the ESPN analytics in football? Now, that was one thing, okay? That was, oh, about a play, and should you go for two and not because there's no analytics in football. But this is actually analytics where you can figure out, you know, does the team have a chance or not? Except we got a problem here, all right? Here's a scenario. It's base. The Packers have a 12% chance of making the playoffs, just like the Raiders have a 7% chance of making the playoffs. Well, let's examine this Packers situation. If the Green Bay Packers win their final three games, all right, they need two of the three of the following scenarios to happen for them to make playoffs. All right, so we're clear. Green Bay has to win out their final three games. And then either A, B, or C has to happen with that. A, 
The Seattle Seahawks need to lose one of their three remaining games. All right, let's examine this. Seattle Seahawks to lose one of their three remaining games. At Kansas City, probably a loss. The New York Jets at home could be a loss. And then the Rams, who are dreadful, probably get a victory there. Sounds like Seattle will probably lose one or maybe two of those games. Here's option B. The Washington Commanders to lose two out of their three final games. Washington plays at San Francisco. Probably going to be a loss. Cleveland? Could be. Dallas? Hmm. Might lose all three. And all they need to do is lose two out of three. Or you got option C here. The Giants to lose all three of their games. At Minnesota, the Colts, and at Philadelphia. That's how the Packers can make the playoffs the number 12%. My math, TC Analytics say, is probably more like 63%, not 12%, because Seattle is sure to lose more than one game. All they got to do is lose one. Kansas City, Jets, Rams, okay. Washington to lose two out of three. San Francisco, Cleveland, Dallas, tough schedule there. Giants to lose all three games. That's a long shot, but they don't need all of that to happen. The Packers just need to win their last three games and just have one of those other scenarios fall into place. Green Bay, all right. They've got Miami, Minnesota, Detroit, doable, all right, and like everything else that we mentioned there. So I don't know where the 12% comes in, how you figure 12%. To me, that's at least 50%. Don't you think that that scenario could happen? You don't need all these things to happen. All the Packers need to do is just to have to win their final three games in two of those three scenarios need to happen. I would say greater than 12%. Just enough with the analytics, sorry. Enough with the percentages. And if I see one more time when a team's ahead, oh, they got a 99.9% chance to win. Yeah, great. Yeah, tell the Atlanta Falcons that. Ever that debacle. Gets the Minnesota Vikings last weekend where the Vikings basically had no chance to win. But they did. Analytics. Analytics in football. Percentages. 30-point favorite tonight in college basketball. Oh, they got a 99% chance to win. You think? Who cares? Don't need it. Get it off my screen. Enough already. (laughs) All right. I'll tell you about enough already. How about Argentina and France? The FIFA World Cup rankings were announced yesterday after the World Cup. Who do you think is the number one team in the world, huh? Who do you think? Brazil. What? Argentina just won the World Cup. And FIFA comes out with their World Cup rankings. It's Brazil. Are you kidding me? This is just FIFA. It's your own tournament. You would think that you would know who won the World Cup. You think you know who the best team in the world is. We just saw it over the past three weeks. It's Argentina. They just defeated France to win the World Cup. I mean, isn't this the most prestigious sporting event in the entire world? Whoever wins the World Cup is the number one team, right? No, it's Brazil, according to FIFA. They held the number one position since February, and they're going to keep their number one ranking. Why? I have no idea. 
They were eliminated in the quarterfinals. Let's remember what Brazil did in this in World Cup. They got eliminated in the quarterfinals. They won three games at the World Cup. They lost to Cameroon in group play, and they lost to Croatia. Argentina won four games, and they won every game in the knockout round. And guess what else they won? The final. They're world champions. They're number one. How can FIFA do this? Oh, by the way, Argentina won the Copa America Cup last year, and now they're World Cup champions. It's a no-brainer. Unbelievable. That's like saying the final rankings of the NCAA tournament, whoever wins the tournament, you're not number one at the end of the season. Duke is going to be it no matter what. I mean, that's insane in the membrane. Terrible Tuesday. I want to thank Legan Kennedy for joining us today. Heidi Fang as well. You miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check it all up there. The interview page, all updated. Current interview page, classic interview page, and our interview with Big Link uh, talking about the Raiders' miraculous victory on Sunday. That'll be up there on the homepage after the show. Have yourself a good one. We'll reconvene tomorrow. Trevor Maddich will be joining us tomorrow. We've got Mark McMillan. We'll talk some grilling. We'll talk some football. That and a whole lot more coming your way. Have yourself a good one. We're back at it again tomorrow at 2.